Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Denise Okuda from Star Trek. This is Michael Okuda, graphic designer from Star Trek. And you're listening to Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. If you like what we're serving here at the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. Audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come grab a chair and enjoy the conversations. I think we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, we're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to here? You, you, you're sounding loud and clear. Okay, that's what's important. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening. I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And we have a special guest who's actually going to be more regular on the show. Chrissy, welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah, so uh, Chrissy has been um, on the show like two or three times we're trying to figure. I don't remember. Yeah, but but she is a fellow geek and we are uh, so excited to have her on the show. So she's going to be joining us and we're going to find out a little bit more about her in just a little bit here. Uh, Miles, why don't you tell us what is on the menu? We're a diner. What are we eating tonight? Okay, so uh, we're going to learn a little about Chrissy and her sci-fi journey. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in our sci-fi world. There's some TV news. Uh, we're, and uh, we're going to look at the manifest that just debuted yesterday. Uh, Star Trek Discovery has these, um, what they're called mini-treks, these little vignettes. They're going to do it before the season season two season premiere. We've got two movie trailers to look at. Uh, Captain Marvel movie trailer dropped. The Bumblebee movie drop, uh, dropped. And uh, we're going to uh, share our uh, Mike and Denise Akuda interview. And... I'm going to give my sci five and five, although it's a list of six items, but uh, I'm going to rate the <laughs> Star Trek that we uh, with the original series crew. As an English teacher, I approve the fact that you are doing a sci fi five and five, but you're giving us six because who can count, anyways? So, <laughs> right? It's not a hard and fast rule. It's, it's, <laughs> we, we play loose with it. We play loose with it. Yes. So, uh, uh, to get us started here, Chrissy, it's been a long time, and some of our listeners may not even remember because it's been quite a few years since we've had you on the show. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey into sci-fi, your love, the, the love of things sci-fi, and do it all like in five minutes. No, I'm just kidding, but but uh, <laughs> for timing, go ahead. Okay. Well, first, the reason I really love science fiction is because one, I'm a huge science nerd. And two, I love exploring how science impacts the human element. And so for me, the best science fiction stories are ones that, you know, explore how science affects us as humans and the ethics of science. So that's kind of my big thing. I am social work background. So, you know, ethics and social work things. It's true. Very, <laughs> very into that. Um, But basically my journey, I was born into it more or less my my father was a huge um nerd for lack of a better word mm -hmm. so like i grew up watching star trek i you know read the books i've read you know he introduced us very early to star wars took us to the library you know Anne mccaffrey 
Dragon Riders of Pern. Yes. Um, <laughs> so pretty much, you know, it was my, my brother, sister, and I. And, you know, I wasn't a girl who played like other girls would do it. So, like, my dolls were going off on space adventures. Others, <laughs> other, you know, Barbie had, you know, a, I think a mansion on Jupiter or something like that. It was, it was kind of ridiculous. But so I've just grown up, you know, watching, reading, breathing, everything, science fiction and fantasy. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So uh, was there any, like, one book that really grabbed you at an early age? You mentioned Anne McCaffrey. I didn't know his those books. Or maybe a certain book that really grabbed you science fiction-wise. Um, well, her Unicorn Girl series. Okay. So that was that. big. I, I've never read them. Oh. I know. You sound disappointed. I'm sorry. I did read Dragon Riders of Pern. That was about as far as I got. Now, you said that your father kind of raised you on track. At least to begin. Yeah. So would you consider yourself like a Trekkie or a Trekker or whatever they Well, considering I did spend a significant portion of my early adolescence doing MIRC Sims online <laughs> with people as which is basically a text role playing of Star Trek, I probably have some <laughs> probably, Star Trek probably yeah, but, have some Star Trek cred there. Yeah, you probably do. Yeah. <laughs> Miles, did you ever play any of those uh, Sims online? I did not. Do you know what she's talking about though? Um, was it like the role playing stuff that you did? Yeah, it was United Interstellar Planets. Uh, okay, I think I <laughs> what rank did I get? I'll have to look. Uh, oh, no, no. There are listeners that know exactly what you're talking about, even they're, though I don't. They're probably listeners who are like, Wait a minute, I remember you. No, yeah, <laughs> oh, her, probably <laughs> right like, later. They're like, Okay, we're off I the was show. 13 no, in my defense. No. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, we're so glad that you're part of the diner here and are helping us uh, science fiction tonight and, you know, for the foreseeable future. We're so grateful mm-hmm. that you're here. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. I'm glad to be here. So so since you're, since you're talking, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your sci-fi world currently? Well, currently, at this point, not too terribly much because, as I was telling Scott earlier, the World of Warcraft expansion dropped, so I've been actually very heavily into the fantasy. I have my 120 Paladin Drenai all geared up. She's she's ready to hit Mythic plus seven. I'm super excited for that. <laughs> um, not raiding, so since I'm not raiding, I have more time. And what I'll probably be doing is going through and playing some science fiction games that I've been meaning to get into, like some of the older ones, um, like Earthbound, Descendancy. Those are the two that I'm going to be trying. Those are the ones that you're looking at. Yeah. So if people, if if listeners play WoW, what server are you on? I'm on, well, I'm actually on two. I'm on Stone Mall and Dune Mall. Okay. Um, I had to switch over to Dune Mall from Stone Mall because, oh no, or am I on Boulder Fist? One of them, I really wanted the name Allure and I couldn't get it on that. So (laughs) I switched to different servers until I got the... The one oh, that you could play. Yes. If if anyone is on that server, yes, I do. I am in Zachman's Guild. So yeah. all right. So uh Allure is your is the character name? Yes. And you and are in your uh alliance. Yes. Right, so. Yes. I've declared my alliance That's to the right. alliance in Battle go. for Azeroth. Sorry, yeah. Horde. So when we were talking earlier, I I mean I played WoW, it's been quite a few years and and I said, Well, I have a level eighty five death And she goes, What race? Not horde, is it? You know, like, like, you know, like, okay, yeah, no. Um, I like um, Scott Johnson. I think I was in his guild for a while. So, from the instance. So, but, and Miles, you never played World of Warcraft, right? 
No, I have not. Yeah, but you did play Star Trek Online for a little bit. I did, yes. Yeah, for a little bit. I know that Dave Sellers, who we're going to hear from, because he helped me do the Okuda interview, He's a he, he plays Star Trek Online a little bit more. So, but, well, very cool. And, I, and how about Miles? What's going on in your sci fi world? Um, over the past couple of weeks, I've uh, I watched Suicide Squad, the animated movie. Um, I think this was a lot better than a live action movie. Oh, okay. Uh, for, if anyone wants to check that out, uh, I've watched Jack Ryan. On, uh, stop. Is that on Netflix or Amazon or so, how'd you see it? I rented off Amazon Prime. Okay, very good. All right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean it. Jack Ryan, go. Yes. Uh, it's not really sci-fi it's more like spy-fi but they use a lot of technology in in trying to solve and and find people and activity and stuff so there's there's a little bit of a crossover uh, iron fist uh, dropped on netflix a couple weeks ago and i think season two was a lot better than season one i, I enjoyed it a lot uh watched a little the toys that made us that's on uh, netflix uh if you've played with toys back in the 70s 80s and 90s. You'll definitely want to see this show. Uh, rewatch The Watchmen. That's on Amazon Prime. Um, the reason why I did, they, they put all the deleted scenes, added footage, so it made the movie like three hours and 25 minutes. But, but though I, though I, after seeing the movie, I was like, wow, this is a dark, dark movie. It was. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched Avengers Affinity War, and I'm currently reading uh, Altered Carbon by Richard Morgan. Uh, some, some listeners may be familiar with the... Um, the show on Netflix, that's what it's based on. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, you know, I, I remember Watchmen, Miles. I think that was the very first episode you ever appeared on the diner. It was, yeah. Yeah, we we were just sitting around table. It was like episode five or six. We're now like episodes. Like we've, we've done like five, six hundred episodes since. Uh, but you, you, you were on that roundtable discussion. And uh, uh, I think you were quite shocked when we saw uh, – uh, the big blue guy nude in the theater. Yeah, that that spawned <laughs> a lot of conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so you can go back. It's like episode five or six, I think, that we did that. And then Miles soon became a permanent fixture on the show ever since. So yep, that was uh, wonderful. Well, for me, what's going on in my sci-fi world, uh, Kiefer and I are working our way through Doctor Who, and we are on, I want to say it's the last, Clara season with uh, Peter Capaldi. So we're kind of working our way through that. And I think there's like maybe uh, two two uh, seasons to go yet that we're working through. Uh, I power watched The Expanse season one again because I watched it the first time and then I read the James S.A. Corey books and said I have to go back and I have to rewatch this again so that to give it perspective now that I read the books. Uh, so I'm about ready to embark on season two, which I don't think I watched. Or if I watched, I've only watched the first episode. But speaking about James S.A. Corey, I am reading book six of The Expanse. I absolutely love it. It's probably talk about, you were talking about character driven. Mm-hmm. Um, the books are insanely character driven. Um, and not to mention the sci fi in that books is very, it's very real. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'm gonna call it hard science, but it's believable science. It's very believable. So that's that. And I did read through Night of the Word by um, Terry Brooks, which is more fantasy, I guess. But I'm reading it for the Orbital Sword podcast I'm a part of. And uh, my current game right now is Pokemon Go. 
again. <laughs> I, I haven't played it for a long time, and then a guy got me back into it a week ago. So currently for a week, it's been Pokemon Go. Who knows what it's going to be in another week. So so that's that's kind of it. That's my sci-fi worm. Cool. Yeah, so th- there we go. Well, uh, my understanding is we have uh, – we're going to talk TV shows tonight, and we are going to talk about Manifest. But before we did we do that, uh, we have a lot of shows that either have premiered or they're going to premiere in the next few weeks. And I thought what I would do, Miles, Chrissy, is just to run down through a list of those. And um, you can give me, yes, I'll watch it. No, I won't watch it. Maybe I'll watch it. And we'll just do it real quick, and then we can talk about any that you want after that. Sound good? Okay. Yes, sounds good. All right. And, Miles, why don't – in order to just keep it uh, succinct and sane, why don't we have you start – you say, yes, I'm going to watch it. No, I'm not. And then, Chrissy, you just respond right after him. Is that okay? Sure. All right. So I'm just going to go, and you can. we'll do this real quick. So first one, Iron Fist Season 2 on Netflix. Uh, already watched it. Okay. It's on my to-do list. To-do list. Okay. Supergirl Season 4. Yes. You are watching it? No, not yeah. into Supergirl. Not, not into Supergirl. Okay. God friended me. Um. It sounds interesting. I don't know if I'll, I don't know. Okay. Don't know. So you're ambivalent. I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, I'm going to have to check it out. Charmed on the CW. No. Nope. Nah. Not, not Charmed person. Arrow, Arrow season seven. No. No. Nah. No. So you, you jumped ship. You used to be an Arrow fan, Miles. I was. I jumped ship probably about a year ago. I just, it just stopped engaging me. So yeah, I gave up on it. How about DC's Legends of Tomorrow, season four? Yes. I need to get into it. Need to get into it. How about Mars season two, a National Geographic channel? No. Um, it, so- it sounds interesting, but um, but not going to Not this time. Yeah. I'm going to add that to my list. I did. You're going to have a big list by the time we're done. I here. know. Um, uh, Miles, I know you watched this. The Gifted season two. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's the X-Men backstory, right? Or something like that. X-Men spinoff. Yeah. The Flash season five. Yes. No. So, so wait, you're watching, you don't, you, you aren't watching the Arrow anymore, Miles, but you are watching the Flash. Yes. Okay. So even though they're kind of related in the universe. Yeah. Okay. Black Lightning season two. Uh, I probably won't watch it as it's airing. I'll wait till it drops on Netflix. Uh, just, um, it just going to add too many more shows on my. Uh, yeah, like, it's probably going to end up being one of those things I do on Netflix. Okay, The Purge on the USA Network. No, no, that's <laughs> You're like that's like I don't know what that is. Um, no, that's like the movie thing, right? Uh, the Purge. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, then definitely not. Yeah. River Riverdale season three. No. No. American Horror Story Apocalypse. No. no, no, not yours. Supernatural season fourteen. No, do you know there are so many people that are into that? My kids come up here, hey, Supernatural. I'll be like, yeah, we interviewed people from Supernatural, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't watch it. My daughter's into it. She's like season six. Really? Yeah, Has she's she working for the Korean yeah. soaps. Yeah, she's still doing that. Oh, uh, uh, the Good Place season three. Uh no. Uh, Legacies on the CW. No. Uh, Midnight Texas season two. No. All right. 
There you go. That's all I have. Or did I miss any? I think that's a pretty complete list. Um, it wasn't on the list, but uh, I, I think it should have been on there. Um, uh, Man in the High Castle season three on Amazon Prime. That that's going to dr- drop October fifth. Oh yeah, so uh, I didn't miss that. So are you watching that? Uh, I will watch it. I, I will watch it when it comes back. I, I really enjoyed season one and two of that. And we interviewed uh, one of the one of the actors from that show. It was more of a supporting character, but uh, Michael Hogan was in that show. Oh yeah, that's right. God, I I started to watch it, but I keep getting distracted by my video games. <laughs> <laughs> Darn video games! <laughs> I know. Uh, I know for my TV watching. Yeah. So manifest. Um, we put manifest on the list, and then we uh, you had a note in here that we have to talk manifest. I, I got to admit, uh, so Chrissy and I watched a trailer before the show started, and it's it's impressive. There's a pretty strong human element. If you'd seen us that afternoon, we looked like a typical American family returning home from vacation. My brother Ben and his twins, Olive and Cal. But what you couldn't see is that Cal's leukemia wasn't responding to treatment. This flight is oversold. We are offering travel vouchers for any... That's me. So Grace and Olive and my folks took the first flight home. Funny how one little decision can ruin your life, but also save it. Excuse me, what exactly is the problem? The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is you've all been missing, presumed dead for five and a half years. Your mom got sick. No, Dad. No, no. Your cell regeneration model? It works. We've been treating pediatric patients for 30 months. We pick up with the same regimen right where we left off. There's a new treatment protocol for pediatric cases. If we get a jump in the treatment, the odds are excellent. Didn't expect you getting back to work this fast. A lot has changed since you've been gone. Who is she? It was two years before I even looked at another one. Even before I got on that plane, I lost sight of your life. We're going to fix that. I'm not going anywhere. The universe just gave all of us a do-over. Everything checks out. It's as if the plane never left the sky. Do I have to say out loud that that's impossible? I think we've taken impossible off the table. Is your mind messing with you? Earlier today, I heard a voice in my head. Keep it to yourself. What do you think? The government just forgot about us? Just maybe he came back to be saved, and I came back to save him. How'd you know I was here? I just knew. What is this? There were a lot of people on that plane. What makes us so special? What's the probability it's just you and me? No one can explain what happened to us. Some people called it impossible. Others called it a miracle. All I know is whatever force brought us all here had no interest in being investigated. This was just the beginning. Did you, Now, the first episode dropped last night. Did you watch it, Miles? 
I watched probably the first 20 minutes of it today. And and did it grab you the way the trailer was grabbing me? It, it did grab me. Um, I, I, I'm definitely going to at least start watching this show. Um, like you said, it's got a very good human element. I mean, you, you take something simple as taking a group of people and have them disappear for five years and then bring them back and see what happens. Um, so... Yes, it, it, it's definitely grabbed me. I think this show's got potential. And there's definitely uh, a, a bigger force at work here. Like, we don't know who or what, it, or alien or whatever it is, but there's something more than what the trailer's hinting at. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it sounds like there, there are um, forces at work, um, you know, that's personal. It's not a natural phenomena that... Uh, transfer these people at a time so yeah, the, yeah that, that that that's interesting also what are these who or what are these forces at work that and why do they do this yeah so that's airing at monday at 10 p.m on, on nbc right yes yeah, it's an nbc thing so christy is this something that you think you might check out or watch if you're not playing video games that is <laughs> if i'm not playing yeah, video yeah. Games, um <clears throat> yeah no it it's something I probably would want to at least check out. It kind of reminds, like I was saying to you earlier, it would be like that missing Malaysia airplane and all of a sudden landing. Like what that would be I like. I thought that was a great comparison. And, and I also was vaguely reminded of supposedly that was that Philadelphia experiment that there's that conspiracy theory where like they transported people through time using, I guess it was like electromagnetic forces. I have to like go back and look at it, but it'd be very interesting to see if like, Later on in the show, they kind of hint at that experiment. So that would be interesting, like life conspiracy theory, sort of science fiction kind of get tied into a show. You know, I watched uh, – it reminded me just a little bit and only in a very casual sense because the premise is different. But Stephen King's Langoliers. Did mm-hmm. any of you guys ever see that one? No. So a Stephen King uh, movie – it was a movie I, and it's probably a book too, but – you know, this plane lands at this airport and there's like nothing there. And they've arrived ahead of the current timeline. And then time catches up. And then there's things that are after time, after they pass it, there's things that are eating time and they have to escape it and all that. Oh, but, uh, cool. yeah, so it was kind of a little bit horror esque in it, but it was a uh, very sci fi bent time travel. Of course, it suckers me in every time. But, <laughs> um, and I should say, uh, we mentioned Jack Ryan. I, I, you know, I did watch the first episode of that, and I did appreciate that. And uh, am watching Timeless, the second season. But I didn't forget to mention that earlier. But yeah, so I don't know. Um, I don't know if I'll watch it. I think this is a show that Chris could get into because she would like the human okay. element. She would like the human element mm-hmm. of that. My wife, so mm-hmm. not Chrissy. Chris. Yeah, too many Chrises in my world. Uh, uh, there we go. You can never have too many Chrises, right? <laughs> uh, well, Miles, we got news this week, or maybe uh, a little bit earlier, that uh, we're getting some more Star Trek a little bit earlier than we thought. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so CBS All Access is getting a quartet of Star Trek Discovery uh, preludes to tide you over until the show's return in early 2019. Uh, Star Trek Short Treks is comprised of four standalone episodes described as short stories, each focusing on a different character or theme from the franchise's bulging universe. Fronting the show will be recognizable faces, including Mary Wiseman, who plays Till, Doug Jones, who plays Saru, and a new addition in the shape of uh, Aldous Hodge's character, 
a craft. Each episode will be roughly 10 to 15 minutes long with the first arriving on October 4th and subsequent shorts landing every month. So basically they'll put a 15 minute short on every month. So yeah. Uh, Yeah. So what it sounds like is, okay, we lost all our subscribers when people in discovery went off the air and we're trying to get them back just a little bit earlier. So we're going to drop 15 minutes of track on. Is that the way you're reading it? Miles? I didn't think of that, but I, but, but, but that, that, that actually sounds very plausible why CBS might do that, uh, just to, to try to, you know, get back some subscribers now and, uh, get that $6 a month, uh, for, for diehard Star Trek fans that still want to get even, even if it's a little bit of a fix. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Chrissy's here nodding. It's probably what they're doing, you know, and, you know, I'm going to be honest. It makes sense from a business perspective. They, people, they made a lot of money when people signed up for it. And the moment Discovery went on off the air when they were done, they, uh, they lost a lot of subscribers. Um, it's why this model that they, they announced to start Trek Las Vegas this year that they're going to have Trek on year round, um, is important for them because people will pay five, six dollars to see Trek year round. Um, and especially if they're getting new track, you know, every week or every, every other week or so. Yeah, it's, it's a good idea. And, and, and just doing these, um, the, the short track vignettes, whatever it's, it's keeping the fans interested in star Trek. And maybe some people might give up on the show if, you know, if if waiting a whole year for the show to come back, uh, well, we'll give you a little something, uh, just to keep you engaged. Um, it, it, it's it's a great idea. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, from the from the certainly from the business end of things, and uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. It'll be see. It'll be interesting too. And I don't know. Maybe we. I think we had this conversation or had it maybe with Jim Arrowwood that uh, will we end up having too much track? I mean, this is one of the complaints with Star Wars that we had so much Star Wars and then Solo tanked and. Uh, Disney's now saying, oh, we're going to be a little bit more sparse and dropping our Star Wars. I, I don't think that's the reason why Solo tanked, but. <laughs> oh, you didn't, you didn't like Solo? N- no. Oh, see, I was, I, I was a huge, I love Solo. I thought it was great. I, I love the character Solo. I just didn't feel like they were as true to the character as they should have been. Oh, okay. That's a conversation for another time. That we is, did, that is. That is I, I'm not a fan of the Disney Star Wars, so oh, okay. I've, I've now decided that Star Wars ended in, in 2000, and I'm just going to enjoy that time. All right, all right. Are you a fan of the prequels? No. Not so much? So this is the original trilogy. That's why I said it. I'm just going to yeah. – no, because I, I think the episode one dropped in 1999. Therefore, I'm going to say Star Wars ended for me in 1999. Yeah, I'm just there you go. In all that right. wonderful world. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not necessarily opposed. I, I'm enjoying the new Star Wars, and I enjoyed Solo as well. Um, but if you have Trek, new Trek on year round, Trek has a huge fan base. Mm-hmm. I guess it really depends on how well crafted the story is. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And because Discovery set what ten years prior to Enterprise, is that correct, Miles? Uh, t- ten years before the original series. Yeah. Oh, not so not Enterprise the series, but the original series. That's what I meant. Um, yeah. And then if then if we do the uh, Picard uh, spinoff of Next Gen, that's obviously after Next Gen. If you have Trek happening in a couple different eras, maybe that might be interesting enough. Yeah, well, I, I think I think when we get this Picard series, there's gonna. 
I, I can see um, CBS getting even more subscribers uh, for 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 their uh, streaming channel because uh, for a lot of people, next generation is their Star Trek, and so to see a a show dedicated to that again, um, I think I think that's going to bring a lot of people. Yeah, no doubt. That that's what introduced me to Star Trek was my dad being downstairs watching Next Generation, okay. which is really funny because um oh I'm gonna get his name wrong. He did Reading Rainbow, and I would oh Levar Burton. Yeah, Levar Burton. I would have no idea what I'd be more excited for: the fact that the person from S- Star Trek or the person who taught me to love reading. Well, one of the reasons I love reading, I, <laughs> it's a toss up. Really right, is. right, right, right. <laughs> Look, the person did reading rainbows on Star Trek. Right. <laughs> that was that was my that was my reaction at the yeah. time. And <laughs> yeah, my wife would say, the person who did Kuta Kinte in Roots. <laughs> he, she, she would do that. But, oh, that's funny the way we uh where we carry people, characters over from something else that we watch. We do that all the time in the show here. Yeah, it sometimes that. it's a little bit weird because you're like, I just I'm sorry, I just can't trust you because you oh, what show am I watching that it's the guy who is the the turned out to be the villain in Dollhouse, and I just can't. Oh, trust Alan Tudyk. Yes. Yeah. What, what he show? was in Wash, and he was Wash in Firefly. He was the uh, captain he, in Firefly. Yeah. He was a pilot. Yeah, he was pilot. No, yeah, sorry. But there, there was another another show he did. No, no, I don't think I was thinking the wrong one. I will, I will get back to you on that. Okay. Uh, Tom O'Penniket, who was in Battlestar, was also in Dollhouse. I don't know if that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well. You know, talking about people that appear in other shows, I mean, we had Mace Windu in the Captain Marvel trailer. War is a universal language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. Space invasion. Big car chase. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up till I met you today. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I had a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. We have no idea what threats are out there. Can't do this alone. We need you. I'm not what you think I am. Yes. So, so let's talk. So we just watched that prior, and it dropped. Do you want to? What were your thoughts on this, Chrissy, when you saw it? Well, one, it has to be in the 1990s because of Blockbuster. I, was I like, mean, Wait. come on. Like, I was like, Blockbuster, <laughs> what? Um, Something my son will never know. Oh, uh, so sad. 
and also good at the same yeah. time. Yes. Um, and you know, I did. I did already know that they had chosen to do the the female Captain Marvel as opposed to the the male from the comics. So see, I Captain Marvel in the animated was always female, right? Uh, Miles. It depends on whether you're talking about Marvel or DC. Uh, uh, DC has has the, it's all you know. It's known as Shazam, um, and that was male, right? That was that was male. So we're we're kind of um, yeah, because because uh, Marvel, I always assume Marvel was uh, female. So yes, that's correct. But yeah, yeah. but anyways, uh, you know, I watched it. My son watched it, and he he was he was totally stoked about it. It's a good trailer. It's a very good trailer. Yeah, yeah. So we just have to wait till. March 2019 to watch it, which isn't that far away, I guess, when you think about it. But. No, not really. Yeah. Uh, so, Miles, any thoughts on it uh, when you watched it? What what made you excited? What made you question? Anything that Marvel Disney puts out, I'm pretty much going to give it a chance just because they, they, they've they, so far they've done excellent work on their past movies. And it, it, if it if this is part of the universe, I, I'm already in. Um in watching a trailer, I, it, it, it's very action packed. Uh, I, I like seeing the blockbuster. So, okay, we're going. This is going to kind of be a little bit of a retro movie as far as being some sometime in the past. Um, and, and I guess we, we we get to see um, a young young Nick Fury Fury in this uh, in this movie. So, I'm definitely there when the movie comes out. Um, didn't tell me a whole lot about Captain Marvel. Um, it sounds like she has amnesia, so she doesn't even know much about herself. So, um, and, and and I don't know much about the character either. Um, I, I didn't really follow Captain Marvel before, so this will be learning about who she is and where she, what her role is in the, in the whole Marvel universe. All right. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out the people that she was with, the aliens that she's with there, and, um. I know that I thought that there was an association with the Cree, but I, I couldn't remember. I thought maybe that's what we were seeing. Do you uh, know any of that from watching any of the uh, animated series, Miles? I'm not as well versed on the animated Marvel work, so I don't know. Okay, so that doesn't help anything. Well, we'll find out, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I did watch, I remember watching with Kiefer when we were, we would watch the animated cartoons. I remember seeing Captain Marvel. And I thought there was an association with the Kree, but I don't know if she was fighting them or what. So mm-hmm. uh, listeners who know this much better than I will, um, you know, we might see that. So, But I'm there. When the movie comes out, I'll definitely go see it. So there's, oh, you know, even, even though I don't down, know a whole lot about it. I'll be there. Yeah. So. It, it will be penciled into for my monthly sister date. Yeah, there you go. I go on dates with my sister. Oh, then that's a that's a great way to a great way to do that. So yeah, yeah. So, we, yeah. we went and saw Suicide Squad together. We saw Black Panther together. So you know, yeah, well, it's worth it. Saw... Go ahead, Miles. No, that's cool. that's good. You and your sister go see sci-fi movies uh, yeah. together. That that that's fantastic. Yeah. See, Kiefer's getting of the age that we go see the movies together. So that's really he's up. He's at. You know, he's 11. He's able to see most of the Marvels. 
Yeah. Except for Deadpool. Yes, I already told him he's not allowed to see it till he's thirty. Yeah, which I told him when I was like, what, twenty, twenty six, twenty five. Right, 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 right. I was so, like, I, I was too young to see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I haven't. Miles has seen Deadpool like five times. Uh, only once. Only once. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I didn't watch the newest trailer for Bumblebee, but I understand there's a new trailer that dropped from Bumblebee. Is that right, Miles? I want the beetle. I'll work here every day for a year. Yours, kid. What have you done? I am so screwed. Yeah, there's a more of an expanded trailer that dropped uh, fairly recently, and it's it, you know it's it, it's given us a lot more information. And it's got a lot of uh, old school Transformer fans uh, stoked um, say, about so, it. So why so why is that? Well, one of the criticisms about the Michael Bay movies. And there's a lot of criticisms. Yeah. Uh, but Besides the fact that Michael Bay did them, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that, that's one of them. <laughs> but the fact that the, the 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 characters don't look like their Generation One uh, counterparts, um, and and so this this trailer shows Bumblebee as those of us who watched Transformers when it first came out, as we remember him as a yellow Volkswagen Bug. Uh, not a 
Um, not a Camaro or must not a Camaro. Yeah. But, uh, I guess they had to deal with uh, GM at the time. So that has fans excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's footage. Uh, I assume it's on Cybertron, but basically a lot of characters that we remember Soundwave, Shockwave, Starscream. There's a, there's a hologram of Optimus Prime. They look pretty much exactly like they did in the in the cartoon version and the old toy version back in back in the mid 80s uh but but cgi and and so that has a lot of old school fans excited that this this movie could be really good because it harkens back to that and the movie takes place during during the middle 80s so it so because we're going back this is i get this this is definitely a prequel and i assume michael bay is not doing it I don't think his name's attached to this one. Well, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, Chris, you were telling me earlier that you grew up on Transformers. How excited I, are you about seeing this? I'm arguably more excited for that than the Captain Marvel movie. <laughs> um, but no, that's actually, um, people ask me like my earliest memories of like a television show, it would be watching Transformers with my brother. And then, um, then in the 90s, the one that I remember much more, because of course I was born in 1987. So when I was watching Transformers, I was very, very young. But the one where there, where they were like more animals, I forget which oh, one. Beast Wars. Beast, Beast Wars. Wars. That's yeah. what it was called. I'm trying to remember from when I was like, you know, like seven or ten. Right. Um. So having like you know those being like some of my earliest you know memories of like stuff on television. So asking my origins would been watching Transformers with my brother, watching Star Trek with my dad. So So you're you're excited. Are you excited that they're going back to the more traditional Transformer? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Have you watched did you watch Michael Bay Transformers being that you're a Transformers fan? I did and then very quickly stopped because it just <laughs> it just didn't do it for you. No, I was like, why are you ruining like stop ruining my childhood? Seriously, <laughs> people, you just need to stop. I just like the fact that they Rick Roll Bumblebee in the one trailer. With Rich playing Rick Ashley, Ashley, <laughs> yes, that's um, uh, so that's kind of uh, that was like I thought it was cute. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this extended trailer. You said that dropped just a few days ago. Oh yeah, about a week, week maybe a week and a half. Okay. I'm gonna have to watch it because I watched the original one that dropped. I didn't see it since. When's the Bumblebee movie? That's coming out around Christmas, right? About a week before Christmas. Uh, December twenty first. Okay, so right, right around that'd be a good Christmas movie. That'll be oh, one you can take the kids to. Yeah. Kiefer and I will go see that. So, that'll be fun. Cool. That's another sister date. For well, actually, if it's around Christmas time, we'll probably wait for my brother to get in, and then we'll oh, go yeah. the three of us because we went to the three of us went last year to Star Wars. So. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, very good. Anything else we need to talk about before we leap into our interview tonight? Oh, I think we covered it. All right. Very good. So uh, we tonight are going to be talking with Mike and Denise Okuda. Miles, why should we be stoked about this? If you're a Star Trek fan, um, you all we all owe a debt of gratitude to their contributions to Star Trek from the later movies on through Enterprise. Uh, their... Um, they're, they're the behind-the-scenes people that put uh, a lot of the graphics that you see on the screens in the shows. Uh, they came up with uh, the look of um, 
just some of the logos, lettering, and you know they also when they had to do a new show, they had to come up with a new one. Um, so they're 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 behind the scenes people that helped make Star Trek great. If if you have any of the the Star Trek movies on DVD or Blu-ray, then you're probably familiar with the text commentary that they do, which is fantastic. I've in our rewatch of Star Trek, I'm watching it with it with the Akuta text commentary, and there's a lot of good information that they're putting on there. Um, so uh, I got to see them at uh, Shore Leave. You did Sky as well. I got I went to their panel. It was it was uh, very enjoyable, and so. Um, I, I should, in retrospect, I should have stayed at for that interview, but I, I wanted to have one more time to see William Shatner. He had a, he had a, a, a panel, um, that, that day, but, um, I love William Shatner, but, uh, he was taking way too long to answer people's questions. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, um, in retrospect, I wish I would have hung out with the Akutas, uh, but, uh, uh, they, they've also put out, um, a few books, um, on Star Trek, and so they 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 like Larry Nemechek have been kind of like historians and archivists for Star Trek as well. So, um, yeah, I, I can't I can't say enough good things about about them and uh, what their contributions to Star Trek are. Yeah, I thought about that numerous times when we were chatting with them that they reminded me very much of talking to Larry Nemechek, who, especially for Next Gen, did a lot of the Next Gen work and. The Okuda is just really, they know Star Trek in and out, uh, both of the, com- the companion books that they put out and just their knowledge of it. Um, so Dave Sellers, who you've heard on the show before, did the interview with me. Um, and, uh, I, you know, he practically had to pick his jaw off the floor when he was talking to him because, you know, you're sitting with both, uh, Mike and Denise Okuda, husband and wife team, and they are just, they're just so knowledgeable and they were so generous. They gave us like a 15, 20 minute interview. It was really nice. A real good conversation with them about it. So, and I got him to sign my vinyl Star Trek uh, movies, one, two, and three soundtracks. But Oh, very cool. Yeah. Not that they had anything to do with those movies, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they probably did the commentary on them, I guess, but. They, they well, they, I mean, they, they've been doing the text commentary for all the uh, all the movies, all, all the Star Trek movies. And that, so that, far, that's the audio commentary that you can watch along with the movie. Is that what you're talking about? Um, it, it's a text commentary. You don't actually hear them talk. It's just as the movie is playing, you'll see these text blocks of them giving information about something. Is it like across the bottom, like subtitles? Yes. Okay. Because I was picturing like pop up video. Do you remember pop up <laughs> video? That's what I'm picturing like all over the screen. Oh God, that'd be that, awful. That, oh, it, it would be. But I don't know why it, it's not that. that. It's not that obnoxious. <laughs> it's like when you're watching a YouTube thing and they like keep like putting brum, things brum, like brum, like put some get this- the advertisement off. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're like oh my. Well, th- so we did this at Shirley Forty. It was a fantastic Shirley, and we were so thankful that Shirley brought the Akutas in, and. uh so we're, we're going to share this interview, and then we're going to be back after the interview to get uh, get Miles' thoughts on how he would rank the first six Star Trek movies that we had talked about these past couple of months.
what do you really think of Orville? No, I'm just kidding. No. I love Orville. Oh, you do? Yeah. It's, it's fun. Oh, yeah. It, it, you know, it's good. Orville. Not a perfect show by any it's means. Not a oh, no. Show, but it's so Star Trek. It is Star and, Trek and humorous. And we had the privilege of walking on the sets, and the sets are amazing. We know a lot of people that work on the show. It's, it's gorgeous. It's fun. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we, we enjoyed it. You, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not perfect. Yeah. You know, it started off a little rocky. Are we going to do drama? Are we going to do humor? What are we going to do? Um, but it's settled in, and we are just not happy. It's not coming back until December. I know. But I'm a football fan, so it's so okay. that's okay. So you have something, something to fill the gap. Thursday night football. That's why. But they are they're in production on the second season, so, so we're looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Favorite football team? It's the Packers, but it's kind of changed and morphed. I, I like teams for different reasons than most people do. I follow players and, and coaches, and I like the Packers because it's not owned by some rich dude. <laughs> okay. So, uh, But I have NFL Sunday ticket in red zone, so I bounce all over the place. Oh, all right. Very good. Awesome. Well, I'm going to give you a short introduction, and then we'll just, we'll just roll. Sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at Shortly 40, and we're hanging out with the authors, graphic designers, archivists, and perhaps, and perhaps, and probably many other descriptions that describe Michael and Denise Okuda and what they've some done. Some of them printable. I have something, yeah, some of them printable. And what they've done for Star Trek from the 80s up to the present, Mr. and Mrs. Okuda, welcome and thank you so much for sitting down and chat with us. Thank no you No problem, for thank us. you. Yeah, it was great. We, we were just glad you took some time out. You're busy scheduling at Shore Leave. Second time at Shore Leave, right? First time was when again? A long, long time, time ago. ago. <laughs> In a galaxy far, wrong, wrong, wrong franchise. Wrong franchise. No, wrong we, franchise. Lo- we love that franchise too. Oh, yeah, well, good. Good. Uh, we won't start that debate here today, that's for sure. So this is a question for both of you. Can you tell us how you first got entangled in Star Trek? Maybe that's a good way of putting it because you're so involved in so many ways. What brought you into Star Trek? I first got involved in Star Trek as a as a kid. I saw I saw a commercial for this uh, uh, new sci-fi show, and it had a had a really cool spaceship, and I tuned in, and I was hooked. And you were hooked. And I think that we were both hooked in two different places. Mike was in Hawaii. I was in California. Um, but we were space geeks even at a young age before we were Star Trek fans. And I think that really, when we saw Star Trek, that really pulled us in. And then fast forward many years later, and we were very privileged to work on several different incarnations of the television series and feature films. Yeah. So what drew you into space? What was fascinating for you about that? Probably exploring the unknown what's out there. The human desire to know what's beyond the next ridge was, I think, is very strong in people. And it was very strong, is very strong in us, continues to be today. Right. The... the courage and the ingenuity of the people who uh, who explore space and make it possible. These are people who are pushing forward the frontier. They are uh, they're ex- Im- they're improving our lives in so many ways, not just by uh, by exploring and discovering, but by enabling us. The, uh, so much of the technology that we're using in this very interview was uh, uh, was enabled by the uh, by the space program. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It makes sense then why Star Trek resonated so well with you very much so absolutely absolutely denise this is a question for you okay can you tell us a little bit about what it was like working on the motion picture 
Oh my, that was a that was something else. <laughs> um, I actually was in nursing school at the time. I was okay. getting my bachelor's in nursing, working my bachelor's, and I, I caught a call from a friend of mine who worked in product in the production office, and um, said they're doing a, a mass cattle call for extras and you fit the physical profile and I know you like Star Trek were you are you interested and I said hell yes <laughs> and um so I went down um on the sound stage and they had line of people to to go through the the cast it was a cattle call you just line up they look right. at you it was based on physical look right. starfleet i was picked out of the lineup um uh to be a vulcan so um, I, they gave me pointed ears, but they uh, they uh, cut my bangs. They gave me pointed ears, went in for fitting for the um, for the uniforms, and then we filmed on one day, and it was an amazing experience, as you can imagine. Oh, absolutely! Um, I made friends with one of the grips, and when they were done with the shooting, he took me on a tour of the sets. That was amazing. That is fantastic. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> so that's pre-everything. That's pre-me working. That's pre-Mike. That's pre-everything. That's pre-everything. It was yeah. your first experience. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. And that, how was it done to see yourself on screen? Um, you don't see me except for on the wide shot. Right. Um, except there like, is there, that small, that small brown <laughs> smudge is me. Um, <laughs> they, I was, you know, I told my friends I was this Vulcan and they had this other girl was a, a Vulcan and she was in the front and she was wringing her, um, she, like she, like she was nervous. She was wringing her hands and people came, would, is that you? Are you, I said, no, a Vulcan wouldn't do that. So that's not me. No, no. I'm, I'm the other Vulcan. You can't see me. Right. But yeah. Oh, very good. So I've been reading this cover to cover since I was a, much younger. As he, <laughs> as he holds up the Star Trek, the Star Trek the Next, Generation Next Generation Technical, technical Manual. manual. Yes. That's right. Clarify that for the audio. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. Um, at one point in my life, I could explain how warp drive worked better than the engine of my own car. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Star Trek has always been very forward thinking, as far as especially as far as technology goes. What? Where did you draw the inspiration in creating all of the technical aspects for Star Trek that, that you did and making this non-existent technology feel so real? Well, everything came from the very beginning from Gene Roddenberry. Roddenberry wasn't a scientist. He wasn't an engineer. But he understood that the show needed to have a certain technical credibility. He also understood that uh, that it, if he built the show on a basis of credibility, it would, it would, it would, the show itself would be believable and therefore the characters would be believable and therefore the stories would be believable and therefore they, they would tell the drama better. So there was a very good reason for, uh, um, for looking for technical believability from the very beginning. Now, on, in the early days of Star Trek Next Generation, I became friends with, uh, with Rick Sternbach. Who is, uh, who you probably know is the, uh, Hugo and Emmy Award winning, uh, uh, illustrator. And we were the resident space geeks on the, on the show. I mean, uh, uh, both of us, uh, neither of us were scientists, but, uh, both of us read far too much about, about the sort of thing. And we kind of, in retrospect, foolishly, uh, took it upon ourselves to send, to pepper the, 
our writing staff with technical memos saying, well, you know, here it really should be neutron instead of proton, or, uh, well, actually here you should do that. And very, very fortunately, Gene Roddenberry was very tolerant of that. In fact, he, uh, he's, uh, he, from the very beginning, he'd say, great, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And then, um, later on as, uh, as Michael Piller and, and other people came on staff, they, uh, they, uh, they actually appreciated this. They, they solicited that kind of input. And finally, eventually we realized that we had this big, thick file of impenetrable tech memos. And so we started boiling them down together and we, uh, to, to be something that we can hand out to writers. And then we realized, you know, that could be useful to, uh, uh, or that, that could be something that maybe the general public might be interested in. Pocketbooks agreed. And we started, we started doing that. But it's, uh, but it was just that we were both space and sci-fi geeks and, uh, and we both enjoyed making this stuff up. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> and it's believable. Yeah. It must really be based at least on somewhat hard science. It must be based scientifically. It must be based somewhat on, yeah. well, on hard science. We weren't because- merely science fiction fans, but we were also fans of, uh, of real space and real science. Right. So, uh, you know, we, we would amuse ourselves saying, well, you know that, that, uh, blue flash when, uh, when something gets the deflector shield? Well, that's Cherenkov radiation caused, uh, by, the, right. uh, by this, by this, uh, um, by the by, the fact that that um, the uh, the shields are bending space and, and blah blah blah. Right, right, absolutely. So not only are both of you graphic designers and scenic artists, but you've been archivists and authors for Star Trek. Um, I know at home I have a copy of Star Trek Chronology, uh, and I got you know, the encyclopedia there. How did you get the sacred duty? to chronicle all of Star Trek history and write this encyclopedia? Well, long, long story short, Gene Roddenberry asked us. Um, at the time... Um, Gene Roddenberry volunteered us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. At the time, there, they were publishing novels and there wasn't, there wasn't a roadmap. There wasn't anything that kind of chronicled the proper order or what was established in the aired episodes which what we took to be the truth and um so basically gene just said could you write a timeline and we started working which was a very very it was like working on a thesis i mean you took the aired episodes we we had the scripts because we worked on the show so we took the corrected the um scripts to air and then we started we had this i don't know 28 page document yeah Yeah. that was it was quite a thing that you you know where was the enterprise before where did it go dates uh, anything you could hang a timeline on Um, we would extrapolate some things because you didn't know it really we thought well this is a television series it's not gonna it's not gonna fit together and it surprisingly did i mean we we were doing original series first obviously and um it was a lot of fun it was a lot of work but it was like a puzzle. And um, so we did the chronology and pocketbooks. They published it. And then we had all this paperwork when we were done. And they said, are you interested in doing an encyclopedia? And we thought, well, we thought, well, it's an encyclopedia at its, at its core is really the same data set. One is uh, sorted chronologically. One is sorted alphabetically. So we... St- 
stupidly said, well, how hard could it be? Yeah. <laughs> right. And thereby started this journey. And um, we just finished in 2016, it was published December, yeah. a two-volume set completely updated through the television series and up through the second Abrams film. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's done as far as we're concerned. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, and it's also sold out. Oh, it's yeah. sold out. Yeah, people, um, and we have no idea if they're going to print more. I mean, basically, we're just the authors, right? And um, that's not your call, right? It's yeah. not our call. It's not our, you know, we have no idea. Wow. So, I mean, you, you mentioned. I mean, this is years of work. So, it, of obviously. Yes. Um, you had to, I imagine you had to rewatch the series numerous times. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. You basically, uh, you think that, uh, well, I'm a Star Trek fan. I've, I've seen all the episodes. Right. I can just write this from memory. And, and no you can't. Way. You can't. Because, <laughs> because detail. Because, no uh, a lot of times something will hinge on, did he say, uh, my brother or did he say my brothers? Did he phrase it in such a way to exclude the possibility of, of more siblings? And so you have to find out. And so the script might not be wrong, uh, might not be correct, because the uh, the actor might have improvised that line. You have to correct to air. You correct the scripts to air. And then you go and from that. And then we had a rule that you had to put data points in quotes and you cited the page number so that if Mike, because I did the. We had this system. I did the initial research and then Michael would, would write. So it would be in one voice, write the final draft of the, of the text. And if he had any questions, and of course I may not, I'm going to work on Voyager. Can you tell me something about Deep Space Nine? Um, I, we would go back to that page and it would be in quotes so that we would know we were being as correct as humanly possible. Right. For a fictional TV show, right? Of for, course. For, for, for a fictional television show. To which people pay a great deal of attention. Yes. And that's insane. I was listening to you talk last night about the Star Trek experience and how the labels had jokes in them and mm-hmm. they, they eliminated or they wanted to eliminate. They wanted it. to eliminate and, we, and people are looking and for we, them. And we were lucky enough to be able to persuade them to, uh, to keep them in. And yeah. That, Pe- that people worked. are very detail oriented and that's what this brings. Star yeah. Trek fans on the whole are very intelligent and we know that and we respect that. And so, um, <laughs> You know, people ask us questions now and we're like, if we don't remember, which is very possible, I don't know, we'll go look it up. Right. Right. It's true. So for the podcast, we're going through all the Star Trek movies right now. We're up to Star Trek four. We just finished Star Trek four. We're about ready to hit Star Trek five. And one of the things that I've appreciated as we watched is the commentary they provide for for the for these TV for the, for the movies, sorry, not the TV series, but for the movies. Um, it's like getting an inside, inside, uh, look at baseball, the insider look at baseball that mm-hmm. you kind of give us to it. Um, what kind of research did you have to do to provide this information? Are you talking about, uh, when we did the commentaries? Yeah, the commentary itself. We would, we would generally sit down and, and watch the, watch the movie and then, and, and write notes and things like that. But you don't want to do too much because you want to have some fresh reaction like, Oh my God, remember that? Yeah. Right, right. You don't want to make it stale, so. Yeah. But it was refreshing to kind of get that insight as you're watching the film progress. I always think that's interesting. So, well, we enjoy doing them. It's harder than you think. Um, because when there's a lot going on or at the beginning of the movie or the TV yeah. show, you're, 
you've got a lot of ideas, but it's just like, you know, you're three quarters of the way through and you've already talked about yeah, at, everything yeah, important. Three quarters of the way through, you go, uh, did we mention he was another movie? Too? Yeah, okay, we mentioned that already. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, very good. So is there anything in the future for you as far as Star Trek? You finished the encyclopedia that sold out. Uh, any other projects Star Trek related that you can talk about that you're working on currently? Or There's nothing that we can talk about at the moment. There's, uh, uh, frankly, at once the encyclopedia was done, we haven't done a lot of Star Trek things uh, uh, since then. Uh, I'm actually presently working on, on a non-Star Trek project. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's a film being directed by, uh, by Clint Eastwood. Okay. It's called it's called the Mule. There's not a lot of work in it for me, but it's uh um, I'm do, I'm doing some computer graphics that that appear on screens and and such. So uh, um, this know. is uh, Michael's third Eastwood film too. He did okay. Sully, which was a lot of uh, uh, graphics in the airplane, and um, I could never remember the title. Yeah, uh, the fifteen the, the fifteen seventeen to Paris, which came out uh, earlier this year. Yeah, and now this one. So. Um, but as far as we, we've done a couple of different things, but I do want to plug a project that is probably our favorite project that we did. Uh, we did for to celebrate the 50th anniversary, we did something called the Roddenberry Vault for CBS, which was the, um, footage that ended up on the cutting room floor, um, of the original series. And along with, uh, filmmaker, uh, Roger Lay Jr., we crafted a, um, a Blu-ray with that footage. Um, supported by documentaries and it was a lot of work but it was a lot of fun and we're extremely proud of it and if you are a Star Trek fan if you are especially a, an original series fan it is a must you must see this it's I believe it's still, still available on, yeah. on Amazon it's still still on Amazon um, the Roddenberry estate had hundreds and hundreds of cans of old film Literally outtakes from uh, from the original series. Now most of it is just routine stuff, like it's it's the same thing but uh, from a different angle. Right. But every once in a while there is a snippet like, "Oh, that line didn't make it into the into the episode," or uh, "Wait, that's that's a that's a different ending." Right. Uh, or uh, uh, just just the moment after the camera rolls. Uh, 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 or the uh, moment before the, the camera, camera rolls. rolls or, uh, Leonard Nimoy blows a line and, and, you know, he's trying to stay in character as, as Spock and he goes, and you can tell he's upset with himself. <laughs> just, just that moment that gives you a sense. What was it like to be on, on those stages? You're a fly right. in the wall and right. it's magical. That's awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. We, uh, we, we did several, uh, with Roger Lay Jr., we did several featurettes in, in there. Uh, some of them look at the, uh, at the episodes. We featured 12 episodes. Uh, some of them were, was that. But then we, we just, uh, we just found a bunch of moments from, uh, from episodes that didn't make it in. Uh, so we, we, we called it snippets on the cutting room floor. Um, I don't know if you remember there, uh, there was an episode called, um, Conscience of the King <laughs> in which, uh, Nichelle Nichols sang a song called, uh, Beyond Antares. If you, if you remember it, you, she's, uh, we see her singing the first line of the song. And then we see her singing the last line of the song, but basically everything in between, we cut away to uh, uh, to someone trying to uh, to um, trying to kill um, uh, Kevin Riley. But we found the entire performance, and also we found a, a verse that wasn't there uh, that, that was was entirely cut from uh, from the episode. Now it's not a not a great musical piece, but uh, Nichelle's wonderful. 
and it's and it's such a wonderful piece of nostalgia. So we uh, we cut it all together and, uh, and 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 put it in the in the uh, uh, in the Blu-ray. Anyway, that's we could awesome. talk for hours on this. So no. that's that's our favorite that's our favorite project that we've oh. ever done. So Oh that is fantastic. And what an insightful and what a memory you give to Star Trek fans who are fans of the original series. We did it for people like us. We yeah, did it absolutely. for them. We yeah. did it for us, but we yeah. did it we did it for people like us. Hey, you know, everybody credits Rightfully, Gene Roddenberry for the creation. We, we've looked at the actors on TV who portray it all. But as a young fan at the time, thank you for your work putting into it. You've made my fandom tenfold better and, and just that much deeper because of the work you guys have put out. Thank you very much. If we were successful, it's because we're fans too. Right, right. So it's a shared fan experience. Yes, Absolutely. of course. So um, – Thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with us. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. No problem at all. And we are back. So, uh, Miles, I understand you have a sci-fi five and five, right? Yeah, I, I do. With with six items. Yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah we, we established that six. Who's counting, right? It's like Hitchhiker's exactly. Guide to the Galaxy. Three, That's right. Three books. A trilogy in five parts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, this is our podcast. We can do what we want. Yeah. Yeah. So stick it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what? I always made Chrissy spew when I said that. Um, <laughs> So this comes out of, you listened to our review of Star Trek VI. Um, we ranked, you said, what's your favorite Star Trek movie? I think I asked Jim Arrowwood. And I told him mine was The Voyage Home. And he said, well, then you uh, obviously did not grow up with Trek, which I interpreted as being, you're not a true Trekkie, Scott. He didn't actually say that. Um, but he did, said, he did say on the show, I wonder what Miles, how Miles would rank these movies. And we're about to find out. Okay. So why don't you take it away? Are you going to start with number six? I'll start with number six. We'll, we'll, we'll do the bad news first and go to the good news. <laughs> okay. So number six on my list uh, is Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. To me, that is probably uh, the least best out of all six. Uh, as, as you discussed in review, it, it had interesting ideas. Uh, but very bad execution, and probably what hurt it for me in seeing it again was, and I don't know, I don't know who to, who the blame is, but the second the 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 supporting cast were made, I thought to look foolish and um, weak, and Captain Kirk looked strong and just he's the he's the only one that seems to be saving today, maybe with exception of Spock, but. Uh, it just seemed almost self-serving to have Kirk uh, be so strong and everybody else depicted so weak in that movie. That's so that's why I put that as my last one. Absolutely. But, but Yosemite park didn't, redeem it, but Yosemite park that didn't, that didn't like uh, redeem it for you, miles. You, you know, I, I will, the movie that that's a, that's a great character scene and I do like it. Um, row, there are some row, nuggets in that boat. movie with some great stuff in it. It's just that 
the bad stuff seems to outweigh the good stuff yeah. in that movie. No, I agree. I'm just giving you a hard time. Okay, number five. What came in at number five for you? Uh, for me, it's the the first one, the motion picture. Um, it, there, there are some good character moments in here, but the, the pacing of this movie, it, it, it's just it, – it's too slow. It, and it just seems like a, more like a, a special effects uh, fest at times than, than um, trying to tell a good story. And so, I mean, it, this is the one that started it all, and it, it definitely contributed moving forward. But um, – what, what, what was missing was was a story and 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 our characters. I thought. Yeah, but Viger was hot. <laughs> Viger was hot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, whatever. Anyways, number four. It's it, it, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Uh, this is where things get better. Um, after this, some some of this is kind of blurry, but I had to put them in in, in some kind of order. I, I I love start. I love the Search for Spock. It, it's a very good um, second movie in, in, in this um, trilogy of two, three, and four, and we 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 get to see our our heroes just show that they are a family, and they, they will put it all on the line to um, to help a friend. Um, I, I'm gonna. Ha- I really don't have many negatives to say about this movie. I, um, it's just. Uh, after this you have to start ranking them somewhat and the other ones just get a little bit better but that's not a knock on this film i i I still love the search for spock yeah plus doc brown was in this one so that makes it even better absolutely (laughs) i thought he was great in it what did he play was it korg is that his name what is his name um krug 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 i mean we we got it we got it we got a, a fight between krug and kirk in this movie and so that was you know, we wanted to see them go at it, and we, we we were treated to that. We did, we did. All right, your number three. Three. Uh, I would put Undiscovered Country, Star Trek Six, and that the one we just mostly recently reviewed. Uh, this 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 does a great job of kind of wrapping things up, putting a bow on it, and it redeems the franchise. I thought where it. In Star Trek V, it made our, our supporting uh, cast look weak. This makes look everybody look strong. Everybody contributes and, and does something um, great in this movie. And um, it, it, it gives them a, a, a good send-off. Uh, if this is the, since this is the end, they're going to end things on a high note, and they certainly did. Yeah, very good. I enjoyed sex. That was good. Mm-hmm. My number two would be Wrath of Khan. Uh, for many Star Trek fans, they say this is the best out of all of them, and and it may be. Um, this, I, I think, for many fans, where the first film, although people were happy to get new Star Trek, um, it, it left people wanting more, and th- th- this this gave us uh, what we were missing: um, the character moments with our heroes, a, a good. Um, a good villain. Uh, Khan is one of the best villains in Star Trek and in science fiction. And although we didn't get to see these two guys, Kirk and, and Khan get into a, a fist fight. Um, it was, it was always a battle of wits and battle strategy with these two and uh, a very emotional ending, uh, by Spock having to sacrifice his life to save the enterprise. 
is he dead? Well, of course, we know he's not dead, but we think he's dead at the end of this movie. And so um, th- th- this put the franchise back in a good place again. Agreed. Agreed. And very much like a naval battle is the way that battle played out. Exactly. It was like a submarine battle in some respects. And your number one? My number one is the one I think I enjoy the most. I can just kind of pop in and and just um, enjoy it. Star Trek for the voyage home. Yes. Uh, They they go back. They go back in time to um, to bring home two humpback whales back to their their time period to save Earth. But I, I think this this movie just just seemed to fire on all thrusters. Uh, it, it, it takes our heroes and puts them in, in 1985 and just see how they cope with that. And uh, we and it's just it's just Kirk and the bridge crew that we all know and love. And, and it's dedicated to all them just seeing seeing them solve this problem and, and, and solve this crisis. But. This was uh, Leonard Nimoy's second uh, uh, movie he directed, and, and him and Harv Bennett um, did a lot of the writing for this movie. Uh, just, just a, it's a very enjoyable, feel-good movie. Uh, there's no antagonist bad guy, so to speak. Even, even the probe that's wrecking havoc on Earth, it's not evil. It's just, it, it it's just. Um, I don't know what you want to call it. it it's indifferent to right. what's going on. It's more like a force but, of nature than like right. a true like evil entity because it doesn't know right what it's doing. Right. Well, well said. Uh, yeah. that, 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 yes, a force of nature, and so but there's there's still a crisis to solve, and it, it puts our heroes in a place where where that they can go solve uh, this crisis. And when they get back, Kirk gets. Um, what he wants, he, he gets demoted back to captain and, and command of a starship. And so we get to see uh, a couple more adventures with, with Kirk and crew at the end of this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Plus, there's time travel in it. Come I- on. So. <laughs> oh, yes. That, 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 I mean, that, that, that's, I mean, we, yeah, we, it was our first uh, time travel movie with Star Trek, the Star Trek movie. Right. We, we had in the series a few times, but so, yeah, we got, we got a time travel movie and a great one at that. I thought, you know, and you know, this movie and I have shared it on the show before, like my daughter, who's not a Star Trek fan, walked in halfway through the movie and sat and watched it with me and just laughed. There are so many. That it, computer it, it, scene. It, there's so much, <laughs> there's, there's so much fun. She liked the hospital scene. Oh my gosh. Because it's slapstick comedy type thing. It's happening. so funny. <laughs> and, and, and so she, she's watching and just laughing. And yet it's very much track because the message it's an ecological message. Mm-hmm. It's um and there's a lot of there there's a lot that is really Star Trek, but there's a lot of humor in it. It's it's incredibly funny. It's it's a reason that it ranks up in the top Star Trek for me. But would you Yeah, rank- I think it's very approachable for, for non Star Trek fans also. I yeah, think they can watch this movie and enjoy it. I agree. Uh Chrissy, would you rank this as being your top Star Trek? Oh yeah, uh, of the original six, at least. Yeah, this would be my this would be my favorite. I don't know, uh, Miles. I think Arrowwood might be a little bit disappointed in your selection here. And he can say that <laughs> he wouldn't be saying that if you grew up with it, because I grew up with it. And right. Well, Miles grew up with it exactly. Too, so. so clearly, maybe well, he's Jim, wrong. Jim would say, "Yeah, but I watched it when it originally aired." Miles and I can't claim that. No, we can't. No, so. I, I really can't claim that. 
Oh man! Well, I think that's it. I think that's a good list, and you gave some good justifications for it, Miles. And uh, I like your list. I might flip three and uh, three and two because while I loved Khan, I did like Undiscovered Country a lot. But mm-hmm. you know, whatever they're they're all good track. I enjoyed them all, except for the bottom two, Final Frontier and Motion Picture, were probably my least favorite. So of those, so yeah, I think most fans would. Put those two at the bottom, too. So yeah. number seven is Generations. Is that correct? Yep. So, the, the, the first movie with the next-gen crew. Yeah, so uh, rumor has it we're doing that. Is that the next show that we're doing? I suppose it is. It is. So we, uh, we're going to be watching. Uh, we watch that again, Generations. I haven't watched it in such a long time. Oh, I'm trying to think of the last time I watched it. Yeah, so, but, we can, uh, but we'll be talking about that in the next show, and we'll let you know uh, – uh, we had talked with John and had the phrase about having them on it still suits, suits them or not, but we'll see now that they're moved into their new house. But, but yeah. Well, Miles, I know we got to let you go. It's uh, getting about time for work for you, right? Afraid so. That's right. Like he's eating breakfast while we do the show, right? Hey, we're doing <laughs> I'd rather the show stay and talk sci fi, but <laughs> yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, we agree with that. Well, hey, it's been great. It's been great chatting with you again, Miles. Chrissy, it's great to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. And we just, uh, we just, uh, really appreciate that and your, your advice. We, we feel like if Miles and I are just in the show, we just have only the male presence. We need a female presence in the show. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I can do that. I can I'm do that. I'm very good at, yeah. I'm very good at being female. Oh, good, I've good, had, good. I've had 30 a lot, years a lot of practice. Experience. Yes, yes. Very, very. Uh, I have not. Miles, how about you? No, that's uh, <laughs> not can't help there. No, no help there. Although, uh, interestingly enough, my insurance keeps listing me as male. Oh, maybe they're trying to tell you something. I, 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 I keep <laughs> telling them that I'm very glad that they are I'm happily who, female. And, uh, and that they just won't change it. No, <laughs> very good. All right. Well, Miles, I believe that's it. Why don't you go ahead and take us out of the show? Okay. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. So, yeah, no, for, yeah. for the moment, everyone, yeah. have a pleasant evening. If you've enjoyed the conversation... The owners of this establishment would love to hear from you. Send your comments and feedback to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner.